Hey everyone, Josh here. I'm here with Josh and Max from Atomic Music, which is a local media entity focusing on, of all things, music around Albury-Wodonga. And someone of my vintage, I actually haven't seen anyone even commit, even on a minor level to anything like that for probably over a decade. And these two gentlemen are a fair bit younger than me. But So you just want to tell us a little bit about the your interest maybe in music will start there. And we can probably start with you, Josh, if you like, and then why you came together with Max and focused on music, which being a former musician, it's very, very hard to get people to care about music in general, anything more than just background and to do it on a purely local level, there's extra challenges there. So why did you bite off? Ooh, that's a really that's a really good start. Why did you bite that one off? That's a really good start actually, because initially um, when I was involved in my first taste of local music was a few years ago um, in sort of like an ex sort of relationship stance. When I was brought to it, I actually hated it. I really hated. It. I didn't like. I had a real negative vibe with the people uh, initially, but that I found out later on that's just kind of the people I was around. And later on, I went to have a crack at radio. I was going to go to radio school. Um, so radio is kind of a big passion of mine and my parents were like, Hey, go check out the community radio station. So I did, um, did some training through there and, um, my co-host at the time, uh, well, the, uh, another girl was going through the same process as me and we kind of joined up. She was an ex, uh, well, she still does play local music. She's a local musician and she really wanted to push, uh, independent local original music cause she owned a, a music school at the time as well. This was about two ish years ago. And if I had things my way, I would have just played pop punk, post hardcore. <laughs> like, I'm a I'm a huge pop punk fan, yeah. and so that's all that would have been played. And she's like, "Nah, how about we mix them?" And so we blended them together, the mixed lolly bag show, which essentially was my original community show, and we got local artists on. We got a kick out of helping these local artists, interviewing them, giving them their first chance of being on radio. And then Max's show kind of come out of nowhere because there's not a lot of young people at the community radio station where I'm, I'm from 2REM in Albury. Yeah. There's like there's like four of us, five of us that are under the age of like 40. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll tell you my story about when I tried to get in there recently later. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, Yeah, so when a young, like we were doing local music, we were the only ones who kind of, can we swear on here? You can like, say whatever you want except gave a, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that gave a shit essentially about local music and community in a way. Like yeah. we were the only ones who gave a shit and we really pushed hard for it. And then Max come along and the countdown actually was started on a, on a I guess, a real like a, what's the word? Like I'm not going to say beta sounds really bad, but like beta. <laughs> it was the beta version of the countdown essentially kind of was a concept. Yeah. Um, and I actually didn't know Max at the time at all. Um, yeah. and I, can, I, I can still remember the first time we met. <laughs> yeah. I said, <laughs> I can't say that about many people, to be honest. I was yeah. like, what the hell do you, uh, well, I can't even remember what did I say exactly. Oh, it, so it was at the Bended Elbow by the fireplace. Oh um, yes. I organized a meeting because I'm like, hang on, someone else is doing local music on our station. One, why haven't we heard about it? Why haven't these people like connected us? And two, it, it was kind of, yeah, two, I want to be involved. How can we do a better job at like collaborating? Because we can probably cross content stuff yeah. was pretty much it. And it's all volunteer for anyone who's not familiar with what we're talking about. Oh, so yeah, for sure. The, yeah. The more bodies on deck, the better really when it comes to a show. So Yeah. And especially, you know, consistency is key. So like if you're talking at a show about another show on another day. It just ties the station in a little bit better as well, if you know what's going on. And, yeah, there's, there was always a lot of resistance to the music we were playing because it didn't fit 
right, essentially, but it's community. So we were, we were always headbutting on yeah. <laughs> on what we were doing. Um, but essentially, yeah, I met Max, uh, my co-host at the time. Uh, she came along as well because she was right into independent music. She was heavily pregnant that day. Yes, yeah. So <laughs> just, that's pretty just, much just that day, Max. <laughs> just that one day, and uh, a few after. Yeah, as well. So, what time did that happen? Well, I swear I saw you this morning, and that wasn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that was about twelve months ago. Now, essentially, a bit over twelve months ago, that happened was when I went and met Max. I asked yeah. about pretty much yeah. what are you guys are doing. Wow, and then kind of when we found out the whole idea, and I'd heard a few both as well, and oh, the so mixed lolly bag. It was when I much... started doing my thing. To me, you guys were the competition. I was like, ah, the competition. <laughs> I guess we've got a little bit of a feel as to where Josh is coming from, and you had someone else, obviously, that was pushing. Yeah, that local angle. How did you come to that local focus, Max? Were you in a band, or were you just? You had friends in bands or did you just find some good music locally you thought didn't have yeah, enough uh, people listening to so, it? Yeah, tracing back to your original question about the interest in music, I actually started as a musician, so I've got a very different background to Josh. Yeah, for sure. Um, the old Desert Life days, man. Yeah, yeah, Desert Life. Check it out. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> do it. There's some great uh, music videos. We were stoned the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's most bands yeah. most of the time. But um, basically w- what I did learn from that era is that as a musician, particularly one like here in Albury, Wodonga, it's incredibly hard to get heard. Like there's no, there's no sort of channels. Well, I didn't even know about community radio back then, but even now as a presenter, like I know music gets sent into the station, but like Josh mentioned, mentioned before, about there being no sort of internal system that linked us up as, you know, the, the core young yeah. people. And you had a similar musical focus yeah, to Right, sure. so where, where is that link to sort of get musicians that are vying for airtime to presenters who put on the, well, the give rotation, a shit. you know? Yeah, give a shit in a way yeah. too. Well, yeah, we, we've really achieved that now, but that all came much later. I guess at the start it was more about learning how to work together and that as a team we're more powerful than we are as solo actors so it was funny I'll, I'll tell my story now about local community radio but i have to preface it with the first time i ever did radio and that was when i think i was 16 and i grew up in Coryong, and there's a, a community station up there i think it gets broadcast from Coryong down the line to walla oh, a little right. town on the river and i think the transmitter might be there yeah. so i'm not even sure whether anyone in town, can actually like hear next it. door at the bakery, could have listened to the show we we're making. I'm not certain how. Is that it worked. another cast station? It, I can't even. Yeah, I can't remember at the time. Yeah, yeah. how it worked. I know that Walwa was part of the operation, and I had no talent. I was a arm and arm machine, basically a verbal typo, and all the bands we were playing, we shouldn't have been playing. We weren't keeping records for APRA at the time, which nothing could digitally log. It all had to be handwritten. And it just, we had so much freedom. And besides the few people that didn't like Dimmy Bog here at the time, which is a, if you're not familiar, is a Norwegian black metal band, <laughs> that was, we got no complaints. Yeah. Because I call there's a bit of energy on the radio because most of it was, you know, country. Yeah. Most of it was country music presented by people that lost interest in country music three decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a bit of freshness and we didn't swear as much. Over yeah. time is what we did on the first episode. We should have been gone. After yeah, that. yeah. Fast forward about twenty years, almost. When did I, I can't remember when I went into Two REM, and the stations evolved from when I used to go in there as a musician. There's more people in there. It looks more professional. 
and I made the mistake, guys, don't ever do this if you're in the industry. Don't ever tell people that you are technically minded. Because <laughs> I walked in there after 10 years of being on podcasts, I've done 15 shows or something, I think 800 and something episodes by that point. And they said, oh, so you're an IT person. Yeah, we could probably we could, we could probably use you. And I'm like, how many available hours do you have every week? Yeah, we're so, after an engineer, mate. Yeah, well, that ain't happening. <laughs> so that was my most recent experience. So that was both a reality check and also it was a little bit deflating at the time. But it's good that they actually are making spot. I mean, I'm in my thirties, so I understand for the for me to rock up there the first time at my age. They're like, well, you're taking. If we were to give you a spot, it could be someone who's coming up through the station at a much younger age that's either still in bands or more connected that could be playing music or whatever. I find so, I don't even think that way at all. They're pretty happy to have bums on seats. I yeah, think. well, mine was going to be apparently some bum on the ground fixing a data rack somewhere, so that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> if I could make that noise, that's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, so that's no, I mean, that's no reflection on them. They're running no, a tight ship and they thought, oh, well, he's got a skill. It's not really the skill he thinks he has. So. Everyone is volunteers there and it is so hard to get people to give up time of their day. I mean, what we do, even with Atomic, it's a part-time job, like essentially almost nearly full-time sometimes. We don't get paid for it. We just love it so much and we can see the growth and we can see artists getting a kick out of it and you know, we have achieved like getting artists out of garage bands and out of their garage and out of playing acoustic guitars in their bedroom. And Pablo Pace, Pablo Pace is a big one. Lime Cordial last weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For some time, while, and they've moved to Melbourne and they've charted in Triple J on Earth, and they were just a garage band. And in just over twelve months, they're opening for like Triple J bands. They never really did good on the Atomic charts. No, they <laughs> Which we might go to next. So we've, we've mentioned it a few times now, the Atomic charts. We might knuckle down on what the actual show is before we get too lost in. Yeah, sound, all, we could talk about yeah, radio you all got, day. Yeah, and so could I. So <laughs> we might get a bit. I don't, I've tried so hard. I've said two things, and one of them I think was to Seamus, and I also spoke to a 56-year radio veteran recently. His name's yeah. Paul Connick. Obviously, his voice sounded great because he's from back in the day when they had to do a lot of voice training. Yeah. But he did not say one R, uh, one um. All of his pacing was perfect. He didn't cough. He didn't splutter. And he basically didn't say anything untoward. I so wish I could I, be I like just, that. I just sat there and I only had to edit the bits that had me in it. It <laughs> <laughs> was great. So that's why I've gravitated to radio people, but I, I try not to make it a radio podcast because yeah, sure. that just seems like- You're biased. A little bit too meta yeah. too. Radio lovers talking about radio on a podcast. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of lame. So <laughs> the Atomic Countdown and just getting back to the music thing, music is not like I, I just like hearing my own voice in headphones. <laughs> That's what my interest is now because I got all my music thrills by actually playing and writing and yep. being in bands and stuff. Like with that focus to narrow it down just to the local stuff, did you ever think to yourself, are we going to run out of? Music is there enough actual good quality? Because obviously you want to produce a good show too. Not yeah. not everybody who listens is going to be one hundred percent obsessed with local music. Yeah. And how does that fit in with the catalog? Like there's so much stuff. Like you're trying to go very narrow, but that can actually make things a bit harder sometimes. So how did you face those challenges? You'd you, be the best one to talk initially, man, because initially <laughs> you the countdown wasn't twenty songs because you couldn't have, get twenty songs. Yeah, correct. You can correct me where I go wrong, but um. The f- so the, f- the first week would be the answer to your question is when we thought, oh, do we have enough content to do this? Yeah. So the first week we had 15 songs 
because we could only find 15 songs. <laughs> but by the second week, we found another four and then we've never, yeah, had we've never had to look back from there. And um, that's actually, you know, when you ask, will you run out? Uh, the whole process of if there's this support network, network constantly supporting where we'll will invigorate an industry that people will actually be more willing to pump yeah, out. Just knocking that one off the tee, mate. Yeah. I might, have, might have rolled that one out there and you really spanking that one out the door. <laughs> um, but essentially... <laughs> no, no, sorry, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially, there was these musicians and artists that, you know, they pump one thing out. The Retro Youth Cafe has pulled a lot of youth through there and there's yeah. some great support networks down there that push the youth coordinator down there, Joel, he's pushing youth and he's a music background as well. So he's pushing these guys through. And when we got hold of the music, when we pump it and through our, through our social media, the new magazine, it's out now too. Like there's a whole industry around it. There's a support network around them. We, we generally, they generally go out and they'll record more stuff and then they'll send it to yeah. us because we charted. Oh, yeah. sweet. We're, like it's a legitimate chart now. We were told that um, when Australia's Got Talent come through, they knew who we were, yeah. and that's weird. That is so weird. Well, that is weird, yeah. Um, to get, well, I find it weird that something that we volunteer to do and something, as you said, so niche, like, because most people would go, it's pretty niche. Well, many, what, again, why would I care or why should we care? And yeah. there were so many people that we found out do, and we've got- I think there's a certain appeal to it as well. Yeah. If, if you're anywhere in Australia and you want to know what's going on in some- niche little location how do you find out because there well as far as i know there are no channels from like mildura or wherever that kind of promote what culture they have there and i think the big one for us as well like currently for a musician and like any musician locally if you want to pick a local acoustic artist all you can do is record play some gigs potentially if you're serious enough you'll go to a chuck it onto triple j unearthed fingers crossed that you're a little bit better than that kid from Melbourne who's doing the exact same thing. Fingers crossed you got the same sound that they're looking for and that's it. But the charts were never biased to a sound. We've had metal bands mm. take the yeah. top stuff. Hip-hop. Yeah, hip-hop. EDM now is yeah starting yeah. to come in. So let's talk about two things. Yeah. Is there an outer limit to where you're pulling this music from where you'll consider it for the chart? And how's the actual chart come together as far as the ranking factor? Because I'm assuming... That's a big question. Being two locals... And if you want the thing to have legitimacy long term, yep. then you don't want to be seen to be biased. Juicing yeah. the chart. Yeah, so yeah, let's start with like where could a band come from? Could like is it purely just Aubrey Wodonga or is there an out of out of range or so essentially Tim, Tim well, Godwin. Go. Tim, Tim Godwin, Godwin is our so he's from Sydney and I think he's the first one we've had from Sydney. We've also had one more weekend from Melbourne and they charted right before they Got signed to a European yeah, label. Yeah, record deal and they're huge now. But we, like, regardless of where these musicians come from, we're always the Aubrey Wodonga music charts. So this is what's charting in Aubrey Wodonga. And I guess, I mean, we'll, we know Aubrey Wodonga bands. We chat to them all the time. So generally, you know, they're on the boots ground getting the support of how to do it. To submit a track to the charts, we've we developed a whole website around it. it was essentially that an artist will go upload their the MP3 web file, name the track, and then we'll process it, put it on the website. And people can buy their tracks too as well off it and the sales go towards it, the streams. It's almost like an Aubrey Wodonga localized Spotify, the music space. Um, and the way we kind of tell artists is, you know, 
do the Spotify, do the Apple Music, but try and do this as well because it'll get, there's you'll get on a chart it'll and get it's, you that um that sort of leap that your home base sort of leap yeah because I guess one of our core values is trying to make Aubrey Wodonga kind of like a Tamworthy for music as like a cultural basis and like good music comes out of here and we want to try and change that. You have to go to Melbourne to succeed or you have to go to Sydney because when you're a smallish band with around that 800 like on Facebook, you're pretty big in terms of bands here in Aubrey for original artists we're talking. We're talking exclusively original. Um, We don't like cover bands are cover bands. They've got their place but original artistic content is something that's always struggled, I I find. You're a... um you're a 16,000 like band on Facebook and you're a big deal. Yeah. And there's 100,000 people here in Albury Wodonga. So if if the community could really get behind their scene, we could be producing national bands yeah. like Clockwork here. Yeah, and it's not. The talent is here. We've seen it, but the problem with some of the bands, you know, if they've got a home, if they don't have the feel like they've got the home base and home support, they go to Melbourne. They're just another Melbourne indie band, or they're just and they will get chewed up, spit out, and that's and yeah, cool. I think it's uh, I'm fascinated not just with radio, but also with stand up comedy. Yeah. And one of the things I talk about in stand up is nearly everybody fails because they go to a market that's beyond them before they're ready. Yeah. And it, I know from back in the day, it's a dream killer. It's there was if there was no there wasn't uh, and it never has been maybe until you guys came around doing the kind of initiative you're doing it's been very hard to make anyone really genuinely care about your band around here they might come because they're your mates or they want to come because some pretty girls come watch you or there's a myriad of reasons but it's like I reckon in the hundreds and hundreds of people or thousands over time that came and saw my bands I could probably name them people I could say that is a true diehard fan of the music we were making that lived in Albury, I reckon I could, there'd be less than 10 people. Yeah, for sure. And it's because there was nothing to make those people feel like they were part of anything. Yeah. Like they didn't, they just sort of, we know them, they're actually good. But it didn't go any further than that. Yeah. So do you think if we make people feel a part of this industry that we're creating, that they will jump on board acts that come through? And support them loyally. Yeah, I think that part of the problem is that there was no test case for a band that had ever done it from around here. Like there was from Wingaratta in the folk scene and there's been folk artists from here and there's country artists. I've heard that Seth Sentry is from Jindra. Interesting. I've heard, I haven't heard that. I've heard lots of stories of like Lisa Mitchell. Um, yeah, I mean that's other- probably an example of someone that has had a career, but I don't think that didn't start here. Her support level wasn't here, yeah. It hadn't maxed itself out here where she had genuine diehard fans yeah. right next door. Yeah. And that's what's hardest. And I don't know. And it's actually harder to make people. They just look like if you're the guy that serves them coffee three times a week and, you know, they might see you pouring a, a beer on a Friday or picking up their plate at a restaurant and then you're suddenly the guy in the band. There's only so much that <laughs> feel like they get behind you. Yeah. This isn't Los Angeles where everyone's doing that. Yeah, I think you guys are doing the right thing though. Like the lack of support always made it feel hard. Yeah, and it, you feel because, unappreciated too. Yeah. yeah, which can really I mean, if you're not getting any support here, there's nothing to make you feel like you could do it. You're being pushed to Melbourne, but you don't feel like you're good enough to be there. And the reality is you haven't really fostered enough of a show or an album or mm. a catalogue of music to, to really find your skill, yeah. Yeah. Because and there isn't yeah. yeah. So I think you're definitely onto something. 
to say to answer your question, you guys are basically the vanguard of something different. Not to put too much pressure on you. <laughs> <laughs> it feels pioneery at some uh, sometimes. Yeah. Um, we constantly question if we're doing the right thing or making the right decision. Because as I said, we've got we've released a magazine very recently. I wish there is a copy of it. I saw that. Got a couple here. We'll talk about it, but just in case we don't get there, because we're just as likely to go off and talk about something else. It did sell out the first edition. Uh, So this we're up to our fourth edition. Okay, sorry. Was that was it? The the red one was our fourth edition. Was that the physical? Yeah. So we've got digital free digital copies because something we wanted to do was put all local music sort of news into one place, and. People are stingy. Um, people like free stuff, and we want to push it. So it's yeah. kind of about building that thing. Too. Building, yeah. I'm being. Like, I'm just being like a bit you, of a dick, but yeah, no, but you're you are right. People are stingy. <laughs> you get that um that's that feeling that like when someone's you as you said like making your coffee or selling your shirt or whatever that they're just not that big shot. But then if you see them on the front cover of like a high gloss magazine, it's a bit. It's completely different. Yeah. I think it also helps when people see artists and think that they're already part of something. Yeah. Like there's something going on there beyond and behind the artist that's bigger than just that band or that person you happen to know. Yeah. Maybe I want to be involved in that bubble. Yeah. Not just go and watch my mate play gear. Yeah. 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 But I mean, let's talk about the magazine. I'm assuming you guys are both well-spoken and have done some radio. So putting the radio show together as a combination probably wasn't as hard, I would assume, as putting the magazine together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, actually, we want to touch on in the end how the current format of the radio yeah, show. Yeah, let's, just let's cover off that first. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. uh, we, did, we did win an award for the current format um, a couple of months ago. It was a National Community Radio Award. Um, but originally it came from – there was three people we had – well, it changed. The format changed. You were originally presenting at Max. Yeah. Um, and then we had another member of Atomic who was on it as well. And then it kind of talk, turned in and I would join it because it was off, straight after my show, which is the the more personal nitty-gritty interviewing bands. So the char- the countdown is essentially a top 20 commercial sounding charts and we want to make it sound as commercial as possible in the latest format. But it kind of initially was like talkbacky, and it kind of didn't get to the point and then we realized... No one gives a shit about like us talking and what we think about it. Like this is a countdown. We want this to be, you know, sounding professional, sounding slick, you know, like you would expect. Well, like I remember listening like 10 o'clock at Saturday night, the top 40 American charts so that it blasting Casey, through. Casey Kasem on a Sunday afternoon when I was a kid. Yeah, right. Like, super, super slick compared to everything on Australian radio. Like yeah, exactly, time, yeah. exactly. Like that's when I think of a countdown, that's what I think of. And it adds legitimacy to these artists too as well. And then it kind of, I think, I don't know, I can't remember why we decided to, to put me as the voice of it in the end. Oh. you were the best. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> no, but. Said it for you. <clears throat> thanks, man. Um, yeah, so I took the reins of it. Max is a great producer. He produced all his music. He scratched my back, I'll scratch his. Um, Max produced all the Desert Life stuff. He's produced all the a lot of the audio stuff that comes out of um, Atomic. He's even recorded some of the artists that um, wouldn't have a chance to be able to... Because recording, like recording a song professionally is expensive, yeah. um, especially yeah, with all so. the right equipment and, and home jobs You know, on your iPhone doesn't cut it for radio. No, not unless you're doing really quantized metal, yeah. metal sounds. You can make those in your house now. Yeah. But if you need a more open natural sound that's very hard to pull off at yeah. home yeah so max has like worked with some slightly disadvantaged like hip-hop artists as well and those songs have 
like naturally made their way to the charts. Like people, like they got around them, their friends got around them. Like sweet, we got recorded. Here it is, and they're great. Yeah. yeah. So on, on the merit of their talent, I just yeah, I just did it for free. Like I loved loved the tracks, and that's one thing. And then yeah, the charts in its sense, I'll rattle off pretty much back announce the movements of the charts. Um, maybe talk about a little bit if they're featured in a magazine and that was the charts it was just slick produced commercial sounding charts and when we when the opportunity come up to a, put it for award a community radio award i felt it had traction i mean yeah we we put some other stuff in from some of my other shows but i didn't quite think it was as well done and we went for a locally produced best locally produced music show uh, there's a lot of categories like interviews and and all that sort of stuff and when we were announced as a finalist, we got told we were a finalist before the night. Um, we come up against a breakfast and a breakfast and a, a drive time show, and I'm like these aren't music shows. Like, how did these get? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm but apparently, s- I over- sound really cocky saying this, but I knew we'd won it then. <laughs> do you remember me telling you? Yeah, I do. Remember There's only like me. three things in my life that I was sure of. Two of them were winning drawing competitions <laughs> when I was like six and yeah. eight. Because I, I like I'm a good drawer as well, but this one I knew we had it in the bag. Same feeling. I felt nervous because I felt the same, but also, yeah, it's a national radio award, you know. Like I was expecting to come up with well-produced metal shows and like heart, like niche music shows, and yeah. I honestly thought that I thought we did a good job of what we did, but I didn't know how good everyone else would be either. So. I mean, obviously, it's a great thing, and I mean, it's great for the not just you guys, but yes, the, the area yes. too. That I mean, the the show that's focused on the area is of such a high quality. But does it also show that there's maybe you might not have realised until you heard the other finalists? Maybe there's actually a lack of quality music oriented programming on community radio at the moment, because you would think yeah. that should be the the haven of pure music shows. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and people who are passionate about one set genre you would think the whole point of community radio is to foster those people and enhance, like, I don't know about, you know, Japanese heavy metal, but that guy loves it and he wants to do a show on it. He should be there because he loves it, so there's a niche there and he should do it. That's what community's yeah. all about to me personally. But to come up against a generic breakfast show and a generic drive time show on community radio in a low, best locally produced music category blew us away first, but also the show wouldn't be as like good as quality, as you said, without the artists that we brought to light. Yeah, that's it. Well, so we've probably done enough radio chat now. I mean, congratulations on the award, and I'll link up to the article that I found. And I've been, Was that the one in the border? I've had a few people say to me, they pulled me aside and said, Josh, you've got this big fancy job, you can afford the $17 a month. I'm like, it's oh, for the digital yeah, download. It yeah. stings me every month. It's those, so. <laughs> do, you, do you have it? Every time it? Every time it hits my PayPal account, I think... Just how how much value do I get out of that? (laughs) Do you go, oof? I do. (laughs) Yeah, but I wouldn't blink twice about buying a few papers. When I used to be in bands and I knew we were going to be in there, I'd buy 10 copies of it to give to people. So, yeah, I know. It's probably silly. It just... I was tempted to read it. I was actually... um, Because it's kind of... So, I've got to find another way. That was what I was getting at. I've got to find somewhere else to link to... Oh, yeah, so you can find it. Yeah, so it's good that you guys are doing things because hopefully when I talk to these artists... Like over, like different local artists over the next whatever time. Mate, if you I'll, need contacts, we got it. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have somewhere to link them to that doesn't cost people money because I've had people say, I'm not going to click on any of that stuff. Why do you keep talking about links to the border mail? 
Yeah, send them out. I, I didn't love it. Yeah, okay, I will. I didn't realise it was such a sticking point. So. Yeah, because we, when we write articles about, obviously, we've got a magazine, so we write articles about them, but they generally end up on our website too for yeah. like archive purposes, essentially. Um, and we do share them occasionally when it's in relevance to an artist releasing something. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah the, okay. And that's where the music is as well for the charts. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So, I'll, I'll just link to the guy's website for that stuff. So, I've got a couple of things we might just check off quickly if yep. there's anything. Sweet. Uh, Atomic TV, is that? Yes. Josh, that's your department. That's me. All right. So, Atomic TV um, is something that we kind of launched very, well, relaunched, I would say, when you met. Recently, yeah. It was, it's been there probably since- The beginning. Nearly the beginning. But, a, um, but it was never really concentrated on and like, there's not many of us that do like- in terms of the group of Atomic, Max and I would have probably been the most invested time-wise. Um, we've got a graphic designer who does the magazine and does anything poster-related or logo, like that's him, and he's an invaluable asset to what we do. Shout-out to Tyson. Um, There's every aspiring artist of any kind, particularly musicians, is just wanting to jump through the, yeah. jump um, through the podcast now and probably slap you for saying that. Because that's everyone's dream. What's that? To have just a graphic art. Like, how oh. handy is it to have a graphic artist? Oh, it is so handy. Um, I, I, do you mind if I drop his... You can his, say whatever you like, Mar- as, long as, as long as that person's happy. Yeah, so yeah, Marcus to. Creative is, is where he's at. If you need a band logo... I think poster, I've met him before. Yeah, yeah. he's fantastic. Um, he does all of our stuff, and he's a... Yeah, he's, he's a hardcore local music guy, too, isn't he? He loves yeah. metal. Um, he's our metalhead, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you've got to have that locally, because it's kind of like our country music, so... Yeah, yes. that's it. Yeah. Um, and so pretty much, and then there's been people that come and go, um, do some stuff here, do some stuff there. It's intense, like having to keep up with what, what we do. Like it's not for everyone and people have commitments and we do we do it for nothing while we do, while we work and earn money too. So it is intense. It's pretty much a lifestyle choice. But yeah, Atomic TV was kind of long formish. We were having a chat about it beforehand. Um, we just would do interviews with artists, um, like maybe 10, 12 minute videos um, at like events um, and they'd get edited and brought down. And But it was never, it kind of wasn't done well in terms of like, because we didn't have the resources. We got a, we don't have a filmographer. Any filmographers out there, you want to jump on board. Um, but we had a photographer who, who tried to do film and we had a crack with the very limited resources we had at it. But now- It's very resource heavy. Yes. Editing yeah. And-, and I think with- Audio's reached a point, and particularly in Australia because our radio market's been so strong for so long. It yeah. has to be exceptional quality or people just won't even turn it on. Mm. Yeah. With yeah. video, there's two types to me. There's there's the incredibly well-produced stuff, yeah. and then it's kind of almost like film. There's the super budget stuff, and, and then there's, there's the pure indie. Sharknado. Super yeah. low budget, <laughs> guy on an iPhone running around, and it's all, you know, it's just in the moment stuff. That whole middle ground, you don't want to have a half-produced show where it looked like you tried but you didn't pull it off. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that people hate more than that. Yeah. yeah. That's something as well that we've had to work on. I have no experience in film editing, but I've had to upskill myself. I bought Adobe Premiere. Um, and yeah, that's l- another monthly bill that stings a bit. That yes, one. it is. And I, yeah, spent- I use Audition for the podcast. Yeah, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yes. It's... Yeah. Adobe, <laughs> they bloody get you. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon I spent ten hours just to learn how to use basic, basically, just so we could pull this off, this stuff off. And it's pretty much like really random, like we're not not random in the sense of Atomic TV, but it's more 
we brought it down to three minutes to be more social media friendly because no one wants to sit there. No one will listen. The stats are there to show that no one will listen to a video or watch a video more than four minutes if it's not interesting. Um, and we found that with some of our longer form. Like we were talking to um, uh, a country music artist, Jade Gibson. She's been to Nashville, come back, recorded in Nashville, come back, doing stuff around here. Big BNS artist, a BNS ball artist. And people were tuning out after like that. Is this a... On YouTube or Facebook? Oh, this was a Facebook one. Yeah. Um, and the two, three-minute limit, that's kind of it. That's yeah. when you lose interest. And even our production wasn't quite there. We were told that because we never really wanted to push what we did in people's faces. Um, we kind of wanted to do what we did, do it well. But then we realized we are told you need your branding in there. People don't know who you are. What are you doing? And then it's like, oh, well, I guess it's not being up ourselves or to like put the brand in the corner of the screen. I don't know. It was just. It's funny you say that I have. I've always been like that too, that I want the work to speak for itself. Yeah. And my, I've got a good friend. His name, Dan Caulfield. He's the singer of a bunch of bands. and Diafam. Diafam, yeah. That's one of his many projects. Yeah. And he said to me, the people that don't like me are going to chew me out anyway. Yeah. But I don't want. I'd rather annoy people a little bit and have them listen to the music and hope that that's they give me forgiveness because it's good. Yeah. Then not promote it and have no one listen to it. Mm. So I've actually been for the first time probably really ever in the last 12 months actually putting stuff out there and trying to nudge people. I dig the logo, by the way. Yeah, actually, that was done by a local artist, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, to begin with, that actually got more feedback than the show itself. <laughs> I had a lot of people like because I was – because uh, I've done so many of them, say, yeah. oh, this is the new show. The artwork is so amazing. So I'm like, oh, well, that made people listen. I'm happy with it. Actually, that sounds like Atomic TV. They don't watch the show, but they go, man, that new logo intro you got's good. <laughs> Whatever gets them in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whatever gets them in the door, you got to um, do it. <laughs> yeah, so Atomic TV kind of turned into that shortwave. Yeah. Um, so I just before I forget, there, I saw a clip, and I don't know whether it was part of Atomic TV or something that was maybe slightly closer to it, something you, you did. On after or before the radio show. Yep. But was it you guys that were dressed in high heels and had a foot race? Ooh, that was uh, the mixed lolly bag. Yeah, because sorry, I must have been, because I was looking at everything all at once. So can you tell yes. me a little bit about, is that is that the type of stuff that Atomic TV is going to do? Is it like, is there any funny stuff? I mean, for the lack of a better term, funny <laughs> stuff. Um, look, it's very open. Um, the mixed lolly bag was pretty much. Because I mean, when you're doing a countdown radio show, that's a tight format. I think the mixed lolly bag was which is what I do. They tie in in terms of they share content. It's but, very um, spontaneous. Yeah. The Mixed yeah. Bag was called the Mixed Bag so we can get local artists in or we can get the comedian in or we can get like a, a, a – and my co-host changed in recent times. Yep. Um, her name's Mel um, and she's really spontaneous with ideas and it's so good to have someone – constantly pumping out those ideas but yeah the heels race was promoting kinky boots yeah essentially okay. the um, musical the musical um okay. i wouldn't rule it out for atomic tv atomic tv still in its infantile because yeah, i do remember that what made me remember was that i knew that there was an artistic tie-in yeah i couldn't quite on pretty spur, much spur of the moment remember what it was but that is right it was so you could yeah. essentially if you know you have that platform there and you have some level of skill that's building is that something you're planning to do, actually build campaigns around local artists yes. in that way? Yeah, yes. For sure. Um, and it's something we've done in the past uh, in terms of attempted at the past, but we, we're not experts. We didn't go to, we don't know, we didn't go to uni to do this. I mean, I'm an electrician by trade and I quit to be, do radio. Yeah. So like <laughs> I, I'm out of my depth in a lot of the media stuff. Uh, Max is doing Could oh, I, pot, sorry, pot can I just ask a question. <laughs> my dad's an electrician and yeah. once you become an actual electrician, it's 
probably the highest paying trade. Yeah. Did you get a slight number of eye rolls when you went into the radio? Um, so you're going to be an electrician, <laughs> and yeah. now you're going to be in the radio. Yeah. So that was that was a lot. I must of- have knew you were serious because it wasn't like you were. Oh well, I was. Flipping burgers at Macca's now. I'm gonna try and talk on a mic here. That dude that did Avatar wasn't he an electrician, the lead actor? He was I don't just know. like, F- yeah. fuck this, I'm gonna go be an actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, a, that's <laughs> you know a, they're serious. That's a slight upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Well, the radio, uh, the electrician one. When I went through my apprenticeship, I was out of my trade for a year. Okay, before. so you're fully qualified. Yeah, I'm fully qualified. I've got my own ABN and that that I do it on the side when you know the radio because I, I work in commercial radio to in a background capacity. Um, so I'm trying to work my way up there too, but obviously to do that I can't work full time because then you can't say yes I'll come in and do that. Yeah. So that was the decision I had to make. But it's good because then I can do more of this as well, the atomic side, and could put a lot more focus on that. So I got two part-time jobs essentially, um, except one doesn't pay. <laughs> but it's really, really rewarding. It and pays in other ways. Yeah, rewarding. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, t- to give like young bands, like 18-year-old bands, the chance to be in the radio station like to me and like for you you would we can probably relate to this this podcast is something yeah i do it all the time i've done it for so many years it's cool whatever not whatever but you know what i mean and then it's like that for me but then the the smile on you know these young bands face having their song played for the first time on a radio having their first interview and they're sitting there and they're like shaking and you go yeah that's what you do it for you know i do it for that i do it yeah yeah, that's awesome. And then they give us backstage passes when they're <laughs> when they're famous. Eventually, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, we can make them. Well, you're playing a real long game. Max. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was obviously the magazine itself, the the actual physical edition. Yeah. How much is that going for for people that are interested? It's five bucks. Five dollars and two dollars ninety postage delivered to your door. Yeah. So which you, that's sub 10 that's pretty reasonable yeah. yeah easy and how often is that that's a monthly thing um and i think any more than like maybe eventually um it could come down less but with the kind of team we have that constantly works on it you know a monthly can sometimes when it gets close to deadline time it's a stressful time we'd be um, pushing the limits for content too yeah yeah and monthly and is good like quality content too as as I said, there's Max and I work on it a lot. We write a lot of the content. Um, we may might flick off an article here and there to someone else, but it's a it's a trust thing too because you got to know that they're not that they got to write it properly, or do we have to do heavy editing on it later? You know, it's I'm it, going to say probably most likely if you're not doing it yourself. <laughs> sometimes yes, um, but yeah. it's kind of just captures everything that we do anyway, though. Like yeah, we comment on a lot of stuff we do in it. We're so active every month, and then we just pen that down and yep. package it up and ship it off. Okay, so of. when it comes to the editing, I think that that's yourself, Max, that's doing most of the... I'm the editor, but it's become a, more or less a group activity. Okay, we just right. throw it up on the board. And that, and, and that way we're all responsible too because there's nothing worse than, you know, again, we don't get paid for this. We're all volunteers. If someone's responsible for editing it, and you go, oh, man, you cock that up. It's not like that. You know, we try and pull that away for it. If it's a group, we're all there in the room going, that's spelt wrong. There's mm. a double space here, you know, and then it's a group thing. And when it comes out, we own it together. And then when, yeah, when that Pepsi logo showed up <laughs> on the front cover and we were all like, oh, nobody saw that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Very good. Own it together. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Righto, guys. Well, I'm sure that there'll be more to talk about in the future. Yeah. 
and we'll probably start winding it up. What are you guys? We usually actually, I've kind of miffed my own show flow here a little <laughs> bit. We normally start at what you're most excited about right now, and then we go back. But now we're going to do that at the end today. The most excited. So is there any? Is there an artist? Is there a thing? It could be the actual your product, but generally it's something external. Is there a particular song that you? That's coming up. That you don't um, think you would have discovered without the show that you actually really think is fantastic. Oh, there, is, there is a lot of tracks. I'll volunteer an idea. Um, so we have a certification system, you know, like uh, platinum, silver, gold. Records, yeah. yeah. So actually, we've, yeah. we've developed a, an atomic version, which yeah. is uh, radium, plutonium, and uranium. Yeah. Yeah, right. And, certification. And that's for cert- hitting certain milestones on our website. So an artist is feverishly close to 100 downloads. So that's, I'm not going to spoil the artist, but one of them's really close to 100 downloads. And so I, we've had to go create the award now because we talked about it. It was 100, 500, and 1,000 downloads. And that's what the, the charts are aimed off that too. And um, so, can I, yeah. can I just implore you guys not to give the winner a small scale model of Chernobyl? Just don't do it. <laughs> I'm watching that at the moment. Yeah, whatever you do, just don't do that. Yeah, righto, fellas. Thank you. Cheers, Josh. Oh, yeah, punchingsideways.com for the website.